It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to talk with Jim, who is a part of the collective Spell Songs over Zoom video. Jim talks about where he was born and raised in the UK and how he got into music. He went to basically through middle school through college. He went to music school. He got really into drums around seven years old, and uh, he's done that pretty much ever since. He also can play piano and bass and a bunch of other instruments, but drums were the first thing he learned, and he's continued playing those ever since. We talked about some other bands he was in, his time playing as a studio musician, and all about joining Spell Songs, which is a band that's formed around a book of poems called The Lost Words. And what this band does is they'll pick a poem from this book, and they'll write and arrange a song using that poem. So we had a chance to catch up with Jim and learn all about the new Spell Songs record. And you can watch that interview with Jim on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with spell songs. This podcast is about you, your journey in music, and how you got to where you are now. And uh, we'll talk about the new spell songs record that you put out what, uh, Friday, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, yeah, it came out for you guys on Friday. It's been out for a little bit longer for us. But um, oh, okay, yeah, we came out here on Friday, yeah. and it was, and I saw the new video too. It was really, really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, awesome, awesome. Well, first off, where were you born and raised? Um, I was born just in, in Rochdale, which is a town which is just slightly northeast of Manchester okay. um, in England. It's sort of halfway between Manchester and Leeds, maybe a little nearer to Manchester. Okay. And um, did you come? Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say uh, there's the town of Rochdale and then I'm from a little town nearer to that called Littleborough, which is sort of very picturesque. Um, it's in a set of hills called the Pennines. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Was it a smaller town or like? How, it's a smaller it town, yeah. Okay. It's still a town, but it's uh, it's not a big place at all. Okay, very cool. What about music? Were was your family musical at all? I know, obviously, you you've won a bunch of awards as a kid on, and I want to hear about that. But like, how did you get into that originally? Well, um, my granddad was a, a musician in the sixties. He used to play in in dance bands in the UK. He's a jazz oh. musician. Um, so he played clarinet and saxophone in that sort of period. And then uh, he suffered a, a collapsed lung. So he switched to piano and organ. Uh, and he was, a, he was a composer and arranger and stuff as well. So there is sort of a musical bloodline, but um, 
it skipped at my parents. Neither of my parents play. Well, they, they play now, but they they started to learn instruments after I did. So. Oh, interesting. Um, That's yeah. cool. So you guys are all kind of learning together. Yeah, actually, I think they maybe started a couple of years after me. So. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. what about the first instrument you learned? Was it drums? It was drums. Yeah, I learned drums at my local music service. Um, and then moved on to piano. So I was about seven when I started playing drums and then piano. What drew you to drums? Then. Just smashing stuff? Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, uh, initially, so um, I was brought up on a, on a sheep farm. That's My parents are farmers. Oh, wow. Um, and so there are always lots of things like buckets knocking around. And um, I used to make, when I was a kid, I used to make big drum kits out of loads of buckets. Um, I have like a specific memory of like um, my parents would put like the Queen live at Wembley 1986 concert on. Okay. Used to pretend to be Roger Taylor. <laughs> smash, smash a load of buckets. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. I have a five-year-old son and we put him in drum lessons recently. We got him over qu- quarantine. We got him because uh, he was just like so much energy. We got him an electric yeah. kit so he could smash it without, you know, destroying the neighbors. And we just started putting him in lessons in one of the earlier, one of the second or third lessons he learned, uh, we will rock you. That was like, it was like, doo, doo, oh, doo. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been he's there. Fun. That's been yeah, me at one he's point. picked up about four, <laughs> four or five beats so far, which is pretty cool, but that's yeah. awesome. So you started at seven, huh? Yeah. I mean, I was sort of playing on the buckets long before that, Okay, um, but I started to learn proper, like how to actually play a drum kit at seven. Yeah. Um, and that was through what like you said, a music school by your house or something? Yeah, like a local music service. So on Saturdays, um, the place would open up and could go and get like a half hour lesson. And it's subsidized or you, it was um, back in those days. Um, so, yeah, you can get, you know, I could have fairly cheap drum lessons from a good, a good teacher. And mm-hmm. that's how I got into it, really. Yeah. Wow. And you just continued playing drums? What, like, I, I saw you won like some competition when you were young, right? In like your teenage years? Yeah, that's right. Well, I was kind of lucky that my parents are very, have been very supportive of me being a musician. So when I was 13, I went to uh, Cheatham School of Music, which is a, a music school in Manchester. It's a oh, specialist cool. music school. So that in, instead of going to a standard high school, I went to that, which, um, you don't have to take as many academic subjects and sort of scheduled into your days, practice time and music lessons and things like that. So I went there for, for high school for five years, um, okay. which was great and really brought me on as a musician. So that's how I sort of sort of developed really as a, as a player. Yeah. Just through, through the, through the school, just being yeah, through the school was it like, then, yeah, you went in as a drummer and that's what you can continue doing, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And everyone at the school is a musician. So, um, it's quite a sort of, uh, I suppose growing up in that environment, it's, it's great. Cause it's sort of quite, it's quite competitive or it can be, you know, when oh, yeah. there are five you to... drummers in your year, you're all, I don't know, you're all watching each other and spurring each other on a little bit. So I really enjoyed that environment. Did you have to like apply to get into school? Yeah. Yeah. So it's means, it's means tested as well, but um, yeah, there was an audition for entry and stuff like that. Do you remember I think they the sort audition? of let you in. They, it's more like pretend if they see potential. So you okay. don't have to be a virtuoso as such to get in. Just if you look like you have some drive and you enjoy it, then they'll. I think so. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do they teach you how to play with people as well? 
like yeah. were you playing with a band and, and everything yeah they had sort of musical ensembles so everything from like jazz trios to full orchestras symphony orchestra um they had brass bands they had wind bands everything yeah or if you're a string player you know there'd be the standard sort of string quartet stuff and that kind of thing oh awesome and when did you start a band uh actually the first band i ever played in we were like 11 we were called hay fever but spelled <laughs> like h-e-y-f-e-v-a like hey fever oh i like it was like, <laughs> um, maybe not the greatest name but they um yeah we were a folk band there was just there were just three of us um so yeah that was kind of us just messing around as kids really and then mm-hmm. i've sort of played in bands all the way through my teenage years um folk bands i was in a metal band played in jazz bands it's very varied when you go to a school like that so sure sure um, and then you continued your education right you went to college for music as well yeah i went to university for music for four years so i suppose as musicians musicians go i'm about as institutionalized as they come really right right it was it always drums though? i i saw that you play a couple other instruments yeah so i started off playing drums um and then i played piano as well um so i started that when i was nine and then play accordion as well so i learned that a little bit later on 10 or 11 something like that so i sort of i think due to going to that school i was able to keep up all three um so yeah i still still play all three now yeah very cool and what was this uh young musician of the year thing that you were a part of how old are you when that happened oh i was uh, i was 17 when that happened so okay. was it yeah it used school? to be an annual what was that sorry was it through the school? Like, is that how you got involved, uh, or something totally different? I mean, it's some—it's a different thing. But um, a lot of the people at the school entered, as you can imagine, it with it being a specialist music school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it used to be an annual competition, um, which is run by the BBC. And now I think it might be every two years. I'm not sure. Um, and so they have different sections. So I entered in the percussion section. Um, and then you sort of go through these heat stages and then at the end, um, there's a grand final. So there'll be a percussionist, a strings player, uh, a woodwind player, a brass player and a pianist. It's normally the way it works. Um, so yeah, I got to that final when I was 17, which was crazy. Um, it was televised and stuff. I had never really seen anything like that before at that age. So amazing wow. experience. What was it like yeah. going through those, those, you know, the, the heats that you have to, what they would teach you how to play something or tell you to play something. Like, how do you even advance? Like, what were they critiquing you on? You'd um, basically, you'd, you'd make a little 20 minute program, solo program. Um, so yeah, but just like a little mini recital or so. 20 uh, then, minutes though. You just have to play, you'd have to just come up with a whole 20 minute yeah, uh, I mean, drum piece. Yeah. You'd play a few different pieces maybe. And it wasn't just, um, just drums, it's some sort of tune percussion stuff as well. So like oh. marimba, like the four sticks mm-hmm. thing, or maybe something on the vibraphone. Um, yeah, so it was quite, yeah, it wasn't wasn't all just like a kit. drum kit for 20 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how much that I could listen to, really. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, wow, they were some pretty, I mean, to hear, I mean, any instrument really for 20 minutes without anything else going on would be pretty... You'd have to have a lot of uh, a long attention span, I would think. And so, yeah, you would. Um, <laughs> but you yeah, got to play on that. It was on TV. Like, what was that like? It was amazing. I mean, uh, in the final, every finalist plays a concerto with an orchestra. So I played like a 
a percussion concerto. So there's lots of um, lots of different aspects to it. So there were three movements. It was half an hour long. One of the movements I played on a setup made of wooden instruments. Uh, the middle movement was a tuned percussion thing, so I played on a marimba. And then the third movement was a setup made of metal instruments. So it took me like probably four months to learn the piece. It's quite stressful as wow. a 17 year old. Oh, yeah. Quite a high That's, pressure thing, but. Yeah. Uh, so they give you a bit of time. Them. They give you a bit of time to learn the piece. It wasn't yeah. like. A, it wasn't like that type of like American Idol competition where it's like, you get, okay, you made it to the end. Now you got to play this one piece in front of the. Well, it's kind know. of, I mean, it, it sort of went that way a little bit. It was like the okay. classical music equivalent of, of that American Idol. Wow. Um, but yeah, I don't really, like, I haven't watched it for years, so I don't, I don't know what the production values of it are like anymore, but okay. it sort of did have that feel to it. Sure. Yeah. Did, that, did that help, you know, get you into the Royal Northern College? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. Again, that was, a, that was like a, you auditioned to go to, music sort of conservatoires as we call them so okay um but i suppose yeah they you, they look at your cv and things mm -hmm. upon entry as well so and from there did you like how do you get involved with what you're doing now i mean you're you're part of this collective right with spell songs yeah that's right and um, prior to that like i did see that you're in, in other bands and you got a lot of other things going on like like from college what is your next move well, from so after uni, I think I well, I just started freelancing in Manchester. So I would I would do any gig, any gig that anyone gave to me, I would just say yes to it. So again, it's really varied stuff. Um and I've just carried on doing that really. I, I initially did that um maybe from the ages of like 21 to 24 in Manchester. So I would just go and gig every weekend with different various different projects. Um, and then I moved to London at 24. Um, and so I've just, and that's where I am now. So I've just been in London for, this is my seventh year now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Just carried on just working professionally as a musician. And it, it sort of, it's quite a rich tapestry of things. It brings all sorts. Um, and so, yeah, playing in bands, freelancing, playing with singers, um, accompanying singers on piano, um, loads of different stuff. Yeah. Very varied. <laughs> Okay, so the, like you can just go grab a gig. I mean, I've seen some of the artists you've played, like Janet Delvin, for for example. I, yeah, we, yeah. I interviewed her. She's awesome. Oh, uh, did like, you see Janet? Yeah, she's really oh, cool. cool. Um, like, so, for example, like somebody like her, did you what, did you play piano for her, play drums for her? And then, like, is that a gig that you kind of just grab to do, what, like a tour with her? or? Yeah, that, well, actually, okay. the way I ended up playing with Janet is through, um, I have... Uh, I've run a folk band since I was like 16 called Foursquare. And um, oh. we got a mandolin player in that band um, called Michael Giverin, who already played for Janet. Um, and he texted me and said, Janet needs a keys player. Do you know anyone? <laughs> and I said, uh, what about me? Can I do it? And yeah. then that's how I ended up getting in. Um, pure nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> okay and then i suppose once once people know you for playing with one person then you'll start to be seen to be a session player and you'll get the call for other things if you're Very around cool. long enough yeah and then how do you get involved with spell songs um spell songs sort of came to me completely out of the blue um so the actual project itself um came together um when there's a bloke called Neil Pearson, who you've been chatting to, I think maybe. Um, mm -hmm. uh, 
him and um, Adam and Caroline Slough, who run a festival called Folk by the Oak, mm-hmm. um, they were at a festival and they saw a performance um, of an amazing composer, singer, she does everything, um, Kerry Andrew, who, who was an original member of um, Spell Songs. Unfortunately, um, she was in ill health around the time that we were writing. So um, she didn't tour with us or anything like that, but she's um, she's been a really, really big part of it. And um, so, yeah, Adam and Caroline and Neil saw Kerry uh, perform a musical adaptation of one of uh, the poems out of The Lost Words, which is uh, the book by Robert McFarlane and Jackie Morris, um, which uh, Spell Songs is the adaptation of. Um, yeah, they saw Kerry uh, perform. I'm not sure which which poem it was. And then they obviously saw potential to make this into a, a full project, a full album of the book of poems. Um, and so I already knew Neil. I'm not really sure how I knew him. I think, think I just knew him from the sort of folk circuit. Um, mm-hmm. And he just emailed me one day and just said, do you fancy being in this project? And I, he didn't tell me what it was. He just said, uh, it's called Spell Songs. It's uh, based upon this book of poems, which I hadn't yet read. And I said, OK, well, who's in it? And uh, he sent me the list of names. And they're all people that I listened to growing up and greatly admired. And so obviously I said, yeah, straight away. Yeah. Um, but really, it came completely out of the blue. I was wasn't expecting it. I didn't know of the project. Um, just popped up in my inbox. Wow. Okay. So yeah, because the the last words is the is the book, and then you guys take the poems and the song and create or poems and create them into into songs. Correct. Yes. That's kind of right. how it works. And then how did? Well, I mean, so the person that wrote the lost words is the one that kind of put this together, or just kind of all fell into place when uh, they saw Caroline or Karen sing, right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think maybe Rob, who who wrote the poems, I don't know if Jackie saw Kerry play, but um, I think basically maybe they all they all were watching at that festival and decided that actually there's huge potential for this to be a musical okay. project. Oh wow! Um, yeah. And then do you guys? How do you decide on which poems make the records? Is it do you go in order or like? Um, do you know what actually? When we were putting the album together, um, there wasn't much discussion of who's doing which poem, but somehow serendipitously no one chose the same one and we all just happened to choose ones that we were drawn to. Um, not really sure how that happened, but um, but it's kind so of you, one of the nice things about it. So, so for um, your songs on the record, you just chose what you'd want to do and then what yeah. you come up with your own... Do you do everything on the song that you choose or on the on the poem that you choose or how does that work? Well, it's it's been different for each album because um, okay. we've just done the second album. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first album was composed mostly in a residency, um, which we had together for a week uh, where we all just stayed in this big, beautiful house and hung out and wrote songs. A few of us maybe came with some ideas, shreds of material, um, but really we, we, we wrote the first album. It was, it was collaborative in terms of how, how the material came about. Whereas the second album, um, we had a little, little more warning that we were going to be writing it. And so, and also there was the lockdown of last winter. So sure, we knew that the, the writing session was going to be in spring and then we were all locked down. So, um, 
it gave us a little bit more time to write the material ourselves in isolation. Um, so with the second album, a lot of the material was was already written and we we used the residency more to arrange it. Whereas the first one was more collaborative in the way that it was composed, I'd say. Okay. So yeah. you chose for, because everyone was, you know, obviously locked up inside. You found the poem that you wanted to do or how many, how many songs do you have on the record? Um, well, I, I've sort of got one that I sing the lead on. Right. Um, but everyone kind of, everyone plays on all of the tracks. It's very much like a band really. So but you got the, but the one you chose to sing on was kind of the song that you were what working on during the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. right. We so had you, a little Dropbox folder going as well. So uh, if any of us had come up with just little scraps of ideas or even a fully formed chorus or something, we'd put that in the Dropbox and then we could all listen to it and kind of see what everyone's vibe was with each, each poem or each track. Very cool. Well, what track did you do? I'm just so the listeners know, and and I want to know why you chose that poem. Uh, so I did on the new album. I did uh, "Swallow," so okay. one of the poems about the swallow, um, which I think at the time because it was like January and it's a bit dark and miserable, and we were all locked down. Um, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself, and uh, I read the swallow poem, and it sort of reminded me of when the swallow comes back over here, which is sort of around the start of summer um and sort of longer longer days warmer nights and stuff like that so i kind of ended up i don't know i just gravitated towards that that poem really and turned it into a song wow and how many how many times would you say you wrote uh, have read the last words um i probably do you know what i'm not sure i sort of dip in and out of it rather than going from, oh, okay from poem to poem, poem. Yeah, it's quite nice to just dip in and out of or open on any given page and just read the spell or read mm-hmm. the poem that's there in front of you. And then if you if one resonates, that's when you're like, okay, do you jot it down? Like, okay, I'm swallows like one I maybe I'll do as a song. Like, yeah, how, how do you guys move forward with that? Um, well, that was more in the residency, um, which so once we once we brought our ideas, we'd present it to the rest of the the group. Mm-hmm. And then maybe see how we could build it as a band. So with Swallow, it's quite sort of ballady and piano led. So it was more that everyone else can add textures on top of it or add harmonies or Beth's cello, for instance. Whereas some of the tracks, uh, some of the ones that Chris, uh, Chris Drever, who plays guitar and sings, the ones that he wrote, uh, I suppose, maybe would play them through and you think, well, could add some drums to this or maybe it should be this kind of vibe or so a lot a lot of the a lot of the collaboration came from just sitting down listening to each other's ideas together and then uh shaping them collaboratively or or like in some cases kind of wrestling with them to make them into a specific vibe or something that wasn't yet uh covered on the album in terms of tempo or whatever so Okay. Yeah. So when you when you're all picking those songs or poems, like see, so you, you have you know the, this ten or whatever songs and the poem, then do you have to kind of write to arrange them into like a cohesive piece so it makes like sense on the record. Like I would imagine that's kind of part of it, right? Like, okay, will this song work? Are we going to be able to build around the poem to make it land within the the full body of work? Or like, how, how do you guys navigate that? 
It's, it depends really on, on which track it was. So for instance, um, Moth that came out today mm-hmm. um, with the video, Kareen uh, initially just came up with a basically a, a four bar loop. Um, and it was just her sort of playing guitar and then a short verse, which I think is the actually the opening verse of the song, which was the only verse that she sent. And then she put that in the Dropbox and then I think upon listening to that, it was like, okay, I understand what that vibe is going to be. And then from that, when we all got together um, in the sort of writing residency, we built it into, it's kind of not really a song structure. It's almost like a soundscape and it, it builds and it then eventually it dies away again. And that was more, one that's more just vibe rather than, mm-hmm. you know, a fully formed song. I see. Yeah. That is awesome. And with, with this project, I mean, with having this book of poems, how are you going to eventually put the whole book together into a record? Like, what is the plan? Are you just kind of going forward as you, as you guys are? I think for the time being, we're just going forward as we are. Um, okay. I, don't, I mean, so far, there's no plan for a third record that I'm aware of or, or indeed like a, a joint, like almost making it into a double album. Um, not, not as far as I'm aware, but I mean, watch this space. You never know. Okay. Okay. And when you guys do a live set, do you just do, do you um, play? I mean, obviously I would think you'd play from both records, right? And yeah, I mean, we're actually off on tour this week. Um, oh, wow. So the last time, in fact, the last time I was on Zoom was uh, as we were discussing the set list. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be largely the new album, but also I think some, some favorites from the old album will feature as well. That's amazing. So with this tour coming up, have you had a chance to play live recently Uh, enough or like when was the last time you guys have played together? We've not played together for for quite some time. I think the last gig we did together was um, we did a live streamed, Oh no, it wasn't. It was Shrewsbury Folk Festival in summer. That's when it was. Okay. Um, so not that long ago. That was sure. August. Um, but yeah, so tomorrow we're off up to Glasgow. We've got a couple of days to rehearse the tracks up. Um, yeah, we no one's no one's heard the live versions of the new album yet. So it's going to be well. It's going to be exciting to build them and try and get them as faithful to the record as possible. And you know, so you guys stuff. haven't played the songs yet together as a full band? Well, we, we played them in the residency For, when, when we were writing them. Writing, but, but not in front of a crowd. We haven't yet sense. sort of finessed them into, Got into band versions of the songs. So that's what we'll, we'll be doing over the next few days. And preparing for the tour. I love it. Yeah. And awesome. then it's only a short tour. We're just going, um, starts off in Glasgow. Then we're going to Perth. So exciting to do some Scottish dates finally, because... See four of the band members are from Scotland. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and then uh, and then we're playing in Newcastle, well Gateshead technically, which is in the northeast, and then Birmingham, and then two nights in London. Wow, that's huge. That's going to be an. I'm sure you're super excited for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be very, great. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Nice one. Nice to chat to you. Yeah, I do have one more question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, yeah, actually, uh, I think if I was an aspiring artist right now, um, I think there's a lot of stuff at the moment because of social media, it's very easy to be swept up into this social media centric thing of being a content creator. 
Um, and I think, especially with the advent of TikTok and stuff like that, and if if you're an aspiring artist, it's easy to to fall into that. And I think my advice would be, like, don't worry about all that stuff. If you're a musician or if you're a songwriter, create and write and, pay, and play at your own pace and don't put pressure on yourself to churn out content because all that stuff will follow. That's fine.